0: guys it's Kayla here and I am back in the podcasting closet again Um, this week I got to record with a really special friend of mine his name is CJ and we've known each other gosh for over 10 years now Um, this was a super fun episode to sit down and record because he and I are just like we're homies And I don't know. We've had some good shenanigans over the last year, and I haven't seen them in a while, so it was super fun to be able to catch up and record the episode of this podcast. I actually don't feel like I have any, like catch up or follow up from episode number three with terry other than to just remind you guys uh that the show's intro came from both terry and his girlfriend kelly who are both mentioned featured in episode number three and i'm still just really stoked and excited to have like a legitimate show intro it's pretty awesome uh sometimes i'm like how how did my life get so cool for a couple of seconds? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I really hope that you all enjoy episode number four. It was a good sit down conversation with CJ and yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump straight into it.
1: My name is CJ. Uh, I have like Kayla been born and raised in the central Valley, kind of half and half, uh, My parents are divorced, so I'm half in Central Valley and half in Monterey Bay. So that's been a fun experience growing with that. I was raised mostly by my single mom in the Central Valley. Woohoo! I think that... I don't know. That's it.
0: Okay. So um, just to kind of like get a feel for where you're at right now. I've been kind of talking to the last people that I've had on the show, just about like the current state of events that we're all in since it's something that's on everybody's mind. Uh, how are you feeling in the, in the pandemic and, and all of that?
1: Um, I'm usually a non-anxiety type of person. Um, but I've been going a little bit stir crazy, getting a little bit more anxiety during this, just because I think I'm cooped up and I'm not used to being cooped up. So a lot of it is this pandemic, you know, trying to stay inside for me. I'm like, I want to go, I want to do something. Mm -hmm. I want to be active. I, my main outlet was the gym. I don't have that. So how am I, you know, okay, I'm going to do home workouts. I'm like, Hey, I'm bored of home workouts. I've done the same one over and over. I've done the same exercises. How much body weight exercises can I do? And it's more now, just like I feel stagnant in everything. I feel stagnant in, you know, working out, I feel stagnant in, almost my mental capacity, just like I'm doing the same things over and over and over. I just feel very, very stuck.
0: Right. I, that's definitely relatable. That's a big part of why I think I decided that now is the time to do something like this was just because everybody's so housebound. And I, I'm like, mentally, I'm just so I'm bored. Yeah. Like I, I think the first two weeks I probably watched like Netflix and like Hulu and all those streaming platforms, like nonstop 24 seven, just like binged in front of the TV. And then I got to the point where I was like, I'm just so sick of this. I can't do it anymore. And I don't think I've sat in front of the television at all in the last like couple of weeks when I've been trying to spend free time working on this. So that's been really good. It's been positive. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just kind of hard to, I think, find like little pockets of joy when we're so mm-hmm. limited in what we can do right now. And that's been my experience at least. So Yeah. I am excited to like have you back on here. Well have you on here for the first time, but like have an actual conversation with you because it's been a while and it's been
1: way too long it feels like.
0: Right, right. And we were up to like heavy shenanigans this time of the year last year. So it's just a completely <laughs>
1: it feels so weird. When I saw that like on Facebook, the one year anniversary, I was like, Are you kidding me? Like this feels so, it just feels a lifetime ago that that happened. And then, right. And just like a different life too. Like, I'm like, I can't even go like, Hey, let's just have a movie night at your house. Like that just, Mm -hmm. it's not a thing.
0: Yeah. I guess so. Like people (laughs) tuning in that don't know either you or me, um, I guess have background on that. We had our 10-year high school reunion last year and we were really good friends in high school, but it was just like life happened. I was married, you were doing college, and we hadn't seen each other in a really long time. So, mm-hmm. we kind of met back up at the reunion and yeah, instant friends best again. friends. BFF
1: instant. As soon instant. as we got back together, it felt like, you know, we didn't skip that beat. And that's when I was like, I knew we were really good friends because like I said, that hug, we hugged and I was like, Oh my gosh, how have you been? Great. This is what I've been up to. And then we were like, all right, we're here. We're instant friends again.
0: Yeah. I don't so. think you and I have ever had that weird, like when you're trying to get to know somebody level of awkwardness, even when we were first getting to know each other in high yeah. school, it was just oh, instantly like, Oh, I like you. Like, yeah, we're cool. And it's always been like that, which is great. <laughs> Like, it's mm-hmm. nice to have friends where, like, when life happens and, you know, we all have other stuff that we're kind of doing, you can just pick up where you left off with them. And I feel like that's kind of how our relationship is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's super cool. So I figured it would be fun, too, to just ask you, like, a series of this or that related questions. And you can respond accordingly. Okay. Um, give opinions on these things. So I actually sat down and did an interview yesterday, and I thought it would be fun to do the same questions just because then it'll give, like, a different perspective on that compared to episode number three. So would you rather live in a tree or live in a cave?
1: Oh. Oh, my. Question. Okay. Where is the tree and cave located? Is it the same location? Is it wherever I
0: want? So since this is my podcast and I'm the host, I guess I could give you scenarios <laughs> on okay. the fly. Okay, okay, so I'm thinking that we are, like, in a, like, rainforest type area. Okay. And both the cave and the tree are in the rainforest type area.
1: Oh, okay. Give me the tree, then, because I want to be with those howler monkeys. And I'll probably be howling with them, so.
0: Okay. Yeah, I feel like the cave would have some advantages of, like, shelter, and you're not as exposed to the elements. But then I think about the fact that there would be a ton of bugs in there, and I'm just like, no, I I don't know that I want to deal with bugs in the cave, in the dark cave.
1: See, the other thing for me was, I don't know, it may just be this whole COVID-19 thing, But, like, being in a cave, I'm inside again. I'm stuck inside. I don't want that. So I'm like, give me the tree. I want to see some sun.
0: That's fair. Yeah, I miss (laughs) the sun so much. Like, I am looking forward to a sweltering 107-degree summer here in Valley. It's going to be so good.
1: It's going to be amazing. I'm going to
0: lay out on my (laughs) patio if I have to just to, like, soak it all in. I don't care. (laughs) Um, okay. Question number two, would you rather relive middle school or skip ahead and be living in your sixties? Oh my. Um, do you want to be really young or old?
1: Do I have to like, is everything going to be the same if I relive? You can.
0: So if you relive it, you have the power to like do it over. Whereas you haven't lived in your sixties yet. So that's like kind of a gamble.
1: So I would probably relive middle school just because my middle school was full of epilepsy. Okay. So I was out of it. So most of middle school for me, wasn't there. Okay. Um, From fifth to middle of eighth grade, I was having 20 to 100 seizures a day. Didn't know Mm -hmm. my mom's name half the time. So middle school, I like was a blur. I missed everything. So I think it would be fun to get those awkward experiences where, like, I never got any of those,
0: but most people in middle school,
1: I had all those in high school, so.
0: That's an interesting perspective on that, because my friend Taylor and I, who you know as well, uh, just did the middle school episode, Mm -hmm. and we were just like, this is awful, I would never pay money to, like, go back to that place, like, you could not not convince me to do that, but I think that's a really cool perspective on that just entire i don't know point of adolescence and how important it is even though it's horrible for most people
1: mm-hmm. right that's what i was like i kind of want that awkward because like i said i either didn't get it later i just didn't get it at all and I was like oh yeah i read about it or i saw it on a tv show but never got it myself
0: okay that's a really good answer i like that okay yes. so third question and last question of the three Would you rather, while you live out isolation, so it could be a situation like what we're going through currently, uh, would you only rather only have access to music for entertainment or books for entertainment? Oh, so you're not just giving up one. They're your only choices. So you can only have fun with music or you can only have fun with books.
1: Oh, um, dang.
0: I feel like it's hard.
1: I'm going to say music.
0: Okay, why?
1: For the fact that it, I'm in isolation, so let's say like this.
0: Mhm.
1: With books I would be sitting down, I would be reading leisurely. With music I usually tend my body, I'm up, I'm dancing around I'm clean I'm doing something else right so I would be able to you know and then when I want to relax I can listen to that more relaxing song while laying down where a book I'm kind of the way I read is I like to sit down and just totally immerse myself so I'm gonna be you know just like if you binge watch a show I like to binge watch or binge read my books
0: right it's not something you can really do passively
1: yeah so I think I would choose music just for the passive aspect of I could do something else as well Right.
0: Yeah. I sat down and I thought about that too. And I was like, this is probably the hardest question of the three easily. Um, because I love both so much. Like Mm -hmm. they're just both like really important parts of my life, but I ended up picking music kind of for the same reason. Also, it's just like a good, like self-care kind of like mood booster, which reading can provide that, but but music does it i think on a different level that's a little bit more maybe transcendent than trying to just sit and read something and that's coming from like mm-hmm. book girl so <laughs> <laughs> all right so because you are on this podcast about failures and Ooh. just kind of experiencing them do you want to share a time when you failed or fucked up or
1: yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. great absolutely that's why i'm here
0: okay let's hear it
1: all right. So mine isn't, I don't, in my perspective of how I cope with things, I don't really ever see myself as like absolutely failing. Right. It's always it's been this huge learning experience for me. And if, if you know my mom at all, she, you know, if you fail, you get up and you don't take no for an answer. So you fight till the end. So it's not really failing. So this was really hard for me to kind of think of something where, where did I fail? Where did I fuck up? You know, what, and there's one moment in life where it's a span of, you know, almost about a year Okay. where I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this this is it. This is it. And this helped me who I was. So it's something I would never take back. I loved every minute of it. It was amazing. But looking back, I'm like, wow, it's it kind of made me who I am today. So um, it was okay. my first year at Fresno State. Uh, So this was 2011 when I went to Fresno State. Okay. Um, And it was also the first time being away from my mom, who, as I said earlier, I had epilepsy, single mom. So I had the protective mother, the mama bear of sorts that, you know, every little thing she knew was going on in my life. I held hands for the first time in high school and she knew before I even got in the car to see her that same day. So So, this would
0: be, it would be a different going away to college experience than maybe like a lot of people would have. Mm -hmm.
1: And so I was, you know, it was always my mom and I, and then I finally went by myself. So it was my first time. I look at it as like my first time actually being an adult. I was 20. Um, And I still lived in the dorm. So it wasn't technically being an adult yet, but still something, still living in the dorms, but I'm around all these. 18 17 19 year old kids all you know all raging to have a good time and i'm like i'm there for school and i kind of got sucked into the whole like oh college is for party i can i can coast um and then i heard about these things called fraternities and sororities i was like wow these this is cool and then i'm an only child so the idea of having 50 built-in brothers or you know friends and then, you know, when you're 20, you're at that time where you kind of realize who your real friends are. You start losing the amount of friends you had that, you know, mm. you accumulated everyone in high school and like everyone's my friend. And then you go and it's like, oh, uh, I have like my select few friends, but then I have acquaintances. Yeah.
0: The circle really starts to get smaller. around. Yeah.
1: That age. And so for me, there was a lot that was kind of like, well, I'm losing all my friends. I don't know what to do. So my coping was, hey, let's check out these fraternities. Let's be the life of the party. Let's be the fun guy that everyone wants to be around. And so I joined a fraternity and this where kind of my fuck up starts is the whole fraternity Mm -hmm. experience for me was kind of the fail in life. Um, Not so much being in it, being in it was amazing. Um, It's kind of the decisions I made while in it. Okay. Um, So I would never like, I love my fraternity. I love Theta Chi. Um, but I love the, I think
0: it's so, I think it's okay to grow up and kind of take the rose colored glasses off a little bit though. Yeah. Examine. Yeah.
1: And so everything that Theta Chi taught me was amazing. You know, the ideals, everything inside the fraternity is great. It's so much the mentality of the fraternity guy, the frat star per se. Um, we're like, I'm going to party. I'm going to, you know, be crazy. I took that to the most extreme. Um, I still was, you know, concerned with my epilepsy. Like I, at that point I've, I think I had like one beer in my life Mm -hmm. and I was like, how, how am I going to hang out with fraternity guys? How am I going to party? And so um, it was awesome. My fraternity brother who I'm probably the closest with him and then my big were like, you know what? We'll drink with you. We'll take care of you um, my big, he has family members who had epilepsy. So he's like, we'll see, you know, we'll, it's at your pace. It's at your limit. So I kind of found out my limits of drinking through there and everything, but I also test my limits. I tested everything, um, kind of forgot about school for a time, uh, the whole semester where I was like, it's general ed. What do I need it? I'm going to party. Um, so that was a big change for me because I'm used to getting amazing grades and having my mom always like, stick on your grades, stick on your grades. And it was like, so my grades slipped for the first time. I think I went from like a four Oh to a, I think it was like a two seven at mid semester when I was looking like calculated. And I was like, I've never been below a three. Like, what is this? Like, this doesn't make sense. Oh my gosh. I got the Asian F like I failed. (laughs) And then, so that, when I realized that I kind of, took that down, but I was like, okay, I need to start not focusing on partying. Cause I literally just party, party, party. That's all I cared about. I partied. I, at that point was also recently broken up with, with a girl that I was dating in high school. Mm. Um, and we dated the two years while I was at junior college still. So it went from senior, so three years, almost four years. And then she broke up with me because She said, I was too social and all this. And so I was like, I'll show you social, you know, so that mentality of like, and then she's like, you just want all these girls. And I was like, I can get all these girls. And I was thinking I was hot stuff. Granted, I was a chunky monkey gaining the freshman 15, but still thinking I was hot stuff. I'm a fraternity guy. (laughs) All this, you know, BS in your head that like is put there being in a fraternity, you kind of get treated a little bit differently on college campuses. Mm Mm-hmm. You're looked at as, you know, oh, he's in a frat. He's wearing letters. Oh, he's a cute guy. And it's like, I'm literally just a normal guy. But, you know, you you get this inflated ego. And I let it get to me. So I didn't care. Just kind of partied. Scooted by school. You know, didn't try very hard. Um, Ended up it was my senior year, um, going into my senior year and I was going to be finishing with sign language. And I kind of hit that point where I'm like, I feel stagnant again, kind of how I was talking about how I'm feeling now, where it's like, I need to switch something up. Something's not right. Um, and then instead of thinking it was the fraternity or anything like that, my mind immediately went to oh, it's got to be my major. I'm told I'm going to fail in this because I'm too personable and I'm this and that, um, which I probably would have been anyways, but I let it really get to me. And so I switched my major in my senior year because, you know, I was like, and then in my mind, it's like, well, I can be with my fraternity brothers longer too. So I'm like, oh, it's a win-win. Not really. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so that kept going. And like I said, I kind of let the fraternity rule my life. So I was getting to the point, like all my old friends, I would just talk about the fraternity. They were probably getting sick of that. Um, or I had groups of friends. So I had, you know, my fraternity friends, and then I had my nerd friends who I'd play video games and with, and you know, not the party cool things or I'd play card games with them, you know, And so I kind of like separated these groups of friends instead of, you know, integrating everyone together. Um,
0: And why do you why do you think you did that?
1: To keep up the image. That's what it was that keep that fraternity, the frat star image of I'm this cool guy that, you know, girls want to talk to and party with. But also I also at heart, everyone who knows me knows I'm the biggest nerd. I play card games, I play video game you know, anything nerdy I'm mm-hmm. I, I love. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like, come on. Um but I wanted to keep both my life so you know, I had the CJ I mean that you knew in high school that was very nerdy, choir drama driven. And then there was the CJ College who was this cool party guy that, you know, the life of the party. And I didn't know how to intertwine them yet. And I kept them separate because I wanted to keep that image.
0: Right. Um, so go ahead. On, like a per- on like a personal level, though, like in terms of your own, I guess, just identity with having two of those big personas, like how did that affect that?
1: At the time, I didn't notice anything at all. Um, okay. I, it was so separate that like it was almost like two separate people came out. Mm -hmm. So the only time it really affected me is when people like questioned my character and things like that. And I was like, wow, that's not who I am. That really hurts inside. Or if it was the frat star that came out, like, Oh, who cares? F you? Like (laughs) whatever haters going to hate. Like, so it was you looking back, I could see a lot of it. Like even my own self was very like in conflict with each other. Mm Hmm. But during the time, I, I was, you know, whoever I was in that environment, it, that's who I was.
0: So it was almost like you had kind of, like, compartmentalized away, like, separate parts of mm-hmm. your life and just – that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, at the, like I said, at the time, it seemed absolutely normal. But looking back, I'm like, wow, I have no idea how I did that. But I'm glad – something happened and this is kind of where the everything comes together and the revelation comes out is during my time at the fraternity. um, It was the next year at the fraternity and we had a giant party and a guy unfortunately passed away um, due to alcohol poisoning. And that destroyed me. Um, I was, you know, at this party, I was also one of, at the time I was what we called a sober brother, just the one to kind of like check ev- on everybody. So I was staying sober at the party, just, you know, making sure everyone's okay. This guy, he was going to pledge the fraternity, um, was just, just drank and drank and drank and then passed out. Um, We put him in a room, put him on his side, but he was also a really, really big man. Mm -hmm. Um, So he would, you know, he was fighting us to like, and he eventually threw up and then choked on his own throw up and then was brain dead. Um, We had, there was a fraternity brother who tried to put, do CPR. um, Mm -hmm. But by the time EMT comes, you could totally, he was out on the stretcher and. I will never forget the look of just, there's no life in the body and the eyes. Um, and that mentally, anything that I knew mentally did before I lost it. I, I couldn't carpet, carpet, can't even talk now. It's, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't keep the two sides separate. I, Mm -hmm it all it all came flooding out and i at that point realized i have no idea who i am who i wanted to be what i was even doing um and that's when i realized like oh, i i fucked up i like i don't know i don't know anything and it was very eye opening and scary mm-hmm. all at the same time. Like I realized I was being fake. I wasn't being who I wanted to be, but at the same time I had no idea who I w- wanted to be. So I was just confused and really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Most of the time um, I thought it was, you know, cause I was mourning someone. It was the first time I've really seen a lifeless body or mm-hmm. but it was also just this inside myself, the conflict that was brewing finally, you know, came into full fruition.
0: Right. It almost seems kind of like you just experienced a full, I don't know. I mean, just loss of one part of your identity that you had at the time. And having mm-hmm. something like that just being pulled out from underneath you is just, I mean, that's really difficult, right? Because we're we are taught mm-hmm. that our identity is kind of everything. And I guess when we attach it to things that can be taken away, its it becomes problematic.
1: Yes. Yes. And so the only way I figured out any way to find some semblance of who I was and what I wanted to be, I looked kind of deep inside myself and thought you know what what's been my one constant in life that has always you know is always there for me always part of me and it's the one thing that most people who know me know i identify with is disney mm-hmm. um so i was like okay so i dove as far into disney as i could um and that's where i found the disney college internship and moved to florida for a year You kind of took a sabbatical. Yeah, I literally, I didn't know, you know, I was switching majors. Mm -hmm. So I, in my school sense, I didn't know where I wanted to be uh, in life. I just got promoted at Target as a manager. So I was just becoming a manager. So I was like, do I just, am I going to be with Target? What, you know, what school, what's all this? And then who I wanted to be, I had no idea. I was like, am I this party guy? Am I this nerd and so I went to Disney and absolutely changed my mind, changed my perspective. Everything over there just, I got away from everything. Um, I lost tons of friends while doing that because I basically didn't talk to anyone. Anybody back here, anybody back home, I kind of was like, I'm, I need to be alone. So mm-hmm. I basically talked to my mom and my best friend in the fraternity and then a few friends and that was about it. You know, I posted on Facebook and Instagram, things like that, but it really was just for me to get away. Kind of, I got to create my own identity of who I was. And I was this, you know, open nerd, Disney guy plays super smash brothers. Um, but also, you know, Disney college program is known for its partying. So I got to party a little bit I kind of found I don't have to be this crazy life of the party. I can be me and I'm still, people want to be around me. Um, so I kind of found like this happy medium where I got to be this Disney nerd, fun guy and kind of really helped me grow a lot. It was also, I was, you know, 3000 miles away from my mom. So my mom couldn't just, you know, Oh, Hey, I need help with something. I need some groceries. It was, I had to figure it out on my own. I really had to learn how to adult because you know, Fresno state is only two hours away from my mom's house. So it's not like she couldn't come up there right. in the day when I needed something. So it's, it was this great experience for me and it really taught me one. I know I'm going to be fine wherever I go. Cause I have the support of my mom. I have the support of my friends back home, family, but at the same time, I'm also focusing on me. I was able to do something for me and learn how to do it for me. And so mm-hmm. not let anything hold me back. Um, so, yeah, it. I'm glad everything happened, like I said. But at the same time, like, I kind of wish I knew who I was a little bit earlier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And didn't have to go through someone dying, essentially, to figure everything out.
0: Right. That's heavy. I mean, (sighs) yeah, heavy. I I don't want to say heavy in a good way because like loss of life is not ever a good thing. But I think that it's great and commendable that you took a situation that was as difficult as it was. And instead of just kind of sitting on it and I don't know, allowing it to just affect you mentally, like you kind of turned your situation around and you're like, what can I do to, I guess, get things to feel right, you know, or Mm -hmm. to be a person that like I can stand to be around, um, type situation. Like that's a lot harder than I think that people realize sometimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Trying to, especially trying to do it on your own. Um, right. I literally didn't tell a lot of people about, you know, I was just like, oh, you know me, I love Disney. It wasn't like I messed up in the head. I needed it. Like, Right. So trying to do it on, I think going back, if I were do anything different, I would probably include a little bit more people. Like I said, I cut everyone off. I lost a lot of friends, but I think I needed to.
0: Right. No, that sounds, I mean, it, it's hard, I guess, when you have, you know what you know now and you mm-hmm. can look back at it and be reflective and say, you know, maybe I would do this thing different or maybe I could have handled this you know, in in this way. But I mean, at the end of the day, you pulled yourself out of like a situation that was kind of maybe a little bit of a black hole. And that's a really yeah. big deal. Yeah, it's a really big deal. But yeah, I normally what I would do is I would just kind of ask you what you've learned from, you know, this situation, which I definitely wouldn't call a fuck up. Um, But you've done such a good job of explaining it already that I feel like you've made it it very, very clear. But I like that we came into this episode acknowledging the fact that, you know, we might make mistakes or have, like, blunders Mm -hmm. or things that we're, like, not proud of. But it's always an opportunity to just, like, learn and do better, which is really the heart of, like, what I'm trying to get to with any experience in life, right? I mean... Mm -hmm from simple things like doing something embarrassing, um, or to bigger things where, you know, people get hurt or we have huge blowups in our lives. Like, I think that it's just nice to sit back and put all of those things under a microscope when we have time to reflect and do that because it makes us more self-aware and it helps us determine, you know, what we want out of life and where we want to be and how we can just be better versions of ourselves every single day. So absolutely. No, I'm, uh, I'm just stoked to have you come on here with that kind of perspective from the get go. That way we don't have to sit here and, you know, pick it apart and be like, Hey, but there's, there's a silver lining here. Like it's nice. It's yeah. right up front, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and, and just sharing that. Is there any type of, I don't know, like it's been, obviously it's been a few years since you went through this now, mm-hmm. um, Is there any way that you still just kind of look back on it today and continue to just use that point in your life as an example for moving forward into the future?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do it quite often, actually. Anytime it's I'm making bigger decisions or even things where I'm looking back. I mean, the last relationship I was in it, as you know, wasn't the healthiest, (laughs) um, and people were saying things and I just kind of ignored it, you know, like, is she really treating you right? And, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, if I would have kind of listened to who I am and, you know, what I learned in that experience. So since that, I've actually been using it a lot more, um, kind of knowing that how strong I am, how, you know, resilient I was able right. to come through all this. And so don't take you know, listening to my mom for once, that's been a big thing. Don't take no for an answer. Um, mm-hmm. If it's something you really want, go for it. Shoot for the stars. But, you know, is it what you truly want? And kind of listen to yourself. And so ever since then, I've really kind of been doing that and listening to myself. And old CJ would have absolutely, you know, anytime something exciting comes up, would would just, you know, what, do it no consequences, but trying mm-hmm. to think now of like, okay, there are consequences to everything. What are they going to be? Is it worth, you know? So I, I think it's caused me to think about things a little bit more,
0: mm-hmm. especially
1: bigger decisions. Like where do I want to end up? Things like that. Is this going to help my career, etc.? Things like what can I do? I, I really look back and kind of remember who I was to move
0: mm-hmm. forward. And it seems like t- now too, as somebody that's your friend, your identity is just more rooted in who you are and like the value that you bring to this world and the way that you have like friendships and relationships with certain type of people that aren't really backed by having some kind of like ulterior motive of status or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's like a big shift too. Yeah. And I think that that's just like a really important lesson for us to all learn in general is just, I mean, when it comes to our identity, like. Where do you place that? Because if it's built on a foundation of, I guess, just image, then it's probably not going to get you through, I guess, life when shit hits the fan, you know? Like, i kind of on the subject of this, but not really. I mean, you know what I went through with being a person that got divorced a couple of years ago. And I mean, it's something that I've talked about and I'm very open about on this podcast. So no shame, no shame there. But I I look at this pandemic and I think about how I'm so happy that it's happening now when I've gone through, you know, that other season of my life, because if I was in a situation where I was married and my identity was based in that marriage, then I think that I would be in a thousand percent like worse shape than I am right now. (laughs) Because it's, it's like now that I've kind of like lived through things that are really difficult and that kind of, you know, affect who you are to, you know, your innermost core. It's like at the end of the day, as long as like I'm alive, like I have breath in my lungs and I have the capability to like, you know, go out and seek shelter and feed myself. Like I will be okay. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it took, it took a lot of stuff to kind of get there. So I, I guess, I guess that's kind of, you know, similar to what you've learned, if you look at it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's like you had kind of mentioned earlier, you know, the way that we are kind of, we go through things and we build up a level of resilience that we didn't Mm -hmm. have before. So even if it was just something that maybe didn't feel like it happened or it had meaning in that moment, or it was just like a really shitty time, like at least at least we have more, more resilience moving forward when like times continue to get hard, because I don't think that they're ever really going to get easy, which is like a hard lesson to learn as an adult as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All of that just, it really makes sense. Um, And bringing it together and you made it a lot more cohesive than I did. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) In my mind, what I heard, just, it sounds you made it sound a lot easier than I think it actually is, but it.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't think that, and I don't want to sit here and act like it's an easy process for anybody because obviously everybody operates on different levels emotionally um, as well. But, and like even sitting here during this pandemic right Mm -hmm. now, like it's not, it's not easy. Um, Like I feel like I spend I don't know, probably 35 to 40% of my time, like feeling completely out of my mind. Now it was at like 75, but it's significantly as I think like the, I don't know, you get, you get acclimated to Mm -hmm. trauma when you're in the middle of living in it. (laughs) So it feels a little less terrifying than it did. But I mean, I, if I hadn't have gone through the kind of like instability that I had went through, you know, and getting divorced when I did, um, then I think I would probably be at 95% right now instead of maybe 40. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that makes, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this but- podcast is amazing because <laughs> especially during this time is because anybody listening to this, we're going to learn something. Um, like you said, even from the little or the big things, if we can get one takeaway.
0: Right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the fourth episode of Failing Miserably, Ordinary People Fucking Up Extraordinarily. Big thank you again to my friend CJ for just being a part of this episode. It was so much fun having you on, and I just appreciate your willingness to, like, be real and be vulnerable, and I hope that everybody really enjoys this episode. I love you guys. I hope you have a great week, and I am looking forward to failing miserably with all of you same time next week. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.